the Chinese year of the Eastern Bulldogs. We are talking Eastern Bullocks and a very warm welcome from me, Jorma Kirko, and him, Ray Mack. As always, Shakers, we're in our local user James Joyce downtown Taksim in Istanbul for our latest Gigglesome episode. And remember, as always, you can also find our old Black Milkshake episodes on Grow Radio UK, home of the biggest selection of podcasts. 24-7 a day. Yeah, and this week's show is more Moorish than a big bowl of Kellogg's crunching up cornflakes, but with a bit less milk. Uh, Morgan Friedman is given a very personal poem comparing Martin Luther King and John Lennon. I'm actually looking forward to that. <laughs> I've, uh, I've heard that. <laughs> We've also got True or False, Hansi is back with a vengeance and he has got his January horoscopes all the way from Cape Town. Yes, and we've got Kiss and Tell, where a listener tells us a dating story, and we have to decide if it's in his kiss or taking the piss. Now, um, on, on the subject of taking the piss, in all matters, uh, lavatorial, Ray, um, you and I were uh, out in the local juicer on, on Saturday, weren't we? Having quite an interesting conversation. And oddly enough, something came up from uh, one of our friends on, on Facebook this week. Did. Um, I, that's a coincidence, abs- Absolute coincidence. Absolute coincidence. So, uh, Ian, in East Kilbride, uh, thanks for bringing that one up. And what the conversation was, I mean, obviously, if you're listening at home, one thing you might not know about Ray is that he is something of a hygiene freak. Now, I'm sure he would say that he has OCD if he could spell it. But um, I, I've been on holiday with Ray, and it can be astounding sometimes how long it takes him to uh, go to the toilet. And uh, this this came up. We were, at, we were in the pub, and I can't even remember how the conversation came up. And uh, you went into tremendous detail, didn't you, Ray? Uh, apparently detail that my wife said she didn't need to hear. Uh, <laughs> you said lavatorial. This could be actually a lavatorial. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Depends on depends on your taste, really, doesn't it? Um, and some people might be giving us the long drop after this one. I feel pardon, but pardon. Like I did say, we did say earlier on, it was a coincidence that it actually did come up with uh, Ian Melvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, Ian Melvin. <laughs> the greatest bagpipe player in the world. <laughs> yes, he is actually. Full-time professional as well. And he's been on television with the lovely Judith Ralston. Bastard. <laughs> They're big bastards. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> toilet, um, toilet discipline. Yeah. Shakers. <laughs> now, seriously, when, when Shakers and Jimmy, please imagine this, picture this. When I enter a toilet, for me, it's really, seriously, a sacred place. I'm going there for a name, a purpose, and I intend to make it as clean. A name? Whose name? <laughs> I said a name. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, about I that. am. <laughs> <laughs> and I intend to make it as clean and as comfortable as possible and leave absolutely relieved and satisfied. And that little bitting, Jimmy, that little bitting lighter. Now, we're not talking the simple in-out for a quick piddle. We are talking, Jimmy and Shakers, cocky poo-poos, excrement. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) The turtle's head. (laughs) Cocky poo-poos just came to me. It wasn't that one. It was the excrement thing. <laughs> Excretion, maybe excrement. But anyway, please, please continue with your shitty story. I always double check. Now, shakers, you should always double check. Door shut tightly and locked. And I'm usually armed to the teeth, Jimmy, with Turkish cologne lemon mm-hmm. with its citrusy scent pal Mm -hmm. I would spray that Jimmy now on the door handles completely and of the toilet uh, door and the toilet seat and then Jimmy long double layers of toilet paper all over the toilet bowl seat (laughs) like a comfortable bird's nest Jimster and taking zero chances taking zero chances with the splashback, I also mm-hmm. have laid some extra toilet paper inside the toilet over over the water, Jimmy. Now, seriously, after partaking, Jimmy, in the dismantling of the, tur- the turtle's head, <laughs> one must clean his hands again thoroughly with soap. And for me, Jimmy, I'll give a good dollop of Turkish cologne again all over both my hands. And respraying the toilet door handle, Jimmy. You know me about respraying mm-hmm. with that cologne before opening the door. Now, God forbid, Jimmy, if, and we've all been in toilets, and sometimes there's no lock or it's a dodgy handle, Jimmy. No, seriously, we've all had that in our life. Mm-hmm. There's no lock on the door, a dodgy handle. And the trousers and the, are in it. And the jocks are down to your socks and shoes, Jimmy, hanging as you bob and weave. And probably no toilet paper as well. As you can and sit on the dirty seat. Now, wait a minute. And again, I'm standing up, Jimmy. So you bob and weave over so gently to avoid the splashback and aim. You aim for the sides. As you can also lean forward, Jimmy, to the door, holding it from a distance I know about As that. As you're one. still bobbing and weaving, you don't want uh, somebody to come in the door abruptly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody, please barge in. Mm-hmm. He'll throw you off balance, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but let's stick to the throne, Jimmy. Seriously, you're going to love this. Sitting on the toilet seat, the throne, the big white telephone, Jimmy. Doctors say that you shouldn't spin longer. And four or five minutes reading a book, newspaper, or simply scrolling your mobile telephone. It's mm-hmm. detrimental to your health, Jimmy. Well, it'll give you, give you piles, won't it? Uh, yeah, hemorrhize, oh, but yeah, the, uh, the familiar word uh, known as piles. That's mm-hmm. right. I shit you not, Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> the old Johnny piles. Giles. 
Bill Johnny Giles, Adrian Giles. Yeah, but yeah. That, that causes swelling, Jimmy, containing uh, in larger blood vessels that yeah, are found I'm... inside or around the bottom, the rectum, the anus, in your <laughs> arsehole. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know what they are. Thank you. Yeah. Did you ever have a bad case of it, huh? It, uh, I've had one or two troubles down there, I have to say. Um, I wonder if they're actually like varicose veins in your arse. Um, <laughs> they could be. So, uh, Ray has his little thing where he builds his little nest. And <laughs> my wife had just got into the pub from an afternoon of retail therapy, and Ray is in the middle of the just started this story and she makes the mistake of asking him what he's talking about and this is what comes up um whilst you've been telling that ray i've actually been on uh www.nhs.uk slash mental health and, uh, and it actually says it actually says that uh, ocd people who suffer with it are sometimes reluctant to seek help but if you mm. think that uh, one of your friends or family members have it, try talking to them about your concerns and suggest they get help. So we could kind of see this as a talk in Istanbul intervention, if you like. I'm looking a little bit here, and it says um, uh, the main treatments for this are cognitive mm. behavioral therapy, uh, which helps you face your fears and obsessive thoughts without putting them right through compulsions, which would be quite interesting. <laughs> Dr. Himmler could talk about this with you next time um, <laughs> Next time you're over there in America. Or medicine. Apparently, there's a type of antidepressant called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which can help by altering the balance of chemicals in your brain. Isn't that interesting, Raymond? <laughs> I only heard this recently actually in the 70s toilet paper bog roll uh, came in pinks and blue now seriously honestly I must be having a brain fart here Jimmy because for the life of me I don't remember that what about you uh, I don't really uh, in pinks well, and blue I can remember seeing pink and blue but i don't remember it only being that um i remember i used to hate it going to my nana's and she had that isol uh paper that they had in there do you remember that that they used to have in the hospitals yeah 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 and it was kind of it was almost like a, a sheet of baking paper now, i don't know how you would have gone on in those days Raymond. I really don't know. <laughs> no, no, I would put you mad. But Mark Johnson told me down in the local juicer uh, that your favourite colour was <laughs> chocolate brown. <Yeah. laughs> but seriously, Jimmy, thank goodness that's all behind us. <laughs> well, absolutely. So, anyway, en enough of that shite. I hope people are still listening at home after that. Um, let's go and catch up with uh, Morgan and his wise poetic words. Hi, Shakers. A uh, few people wrote to me and said that I forgot to wish you Happy New Year last week on the show, and I'm deeply sorry for that. You see, sometimes I send in three or four of my poems at a time, and I forget to give a greeting before each one, so I'm mighty sorry. 
Over Christmas, I was watching the History Channel, as I often do, and it's a sobering thought that so much of this history is actually something I've lived through. Martin Luther King was giving his I Have a Dream speech, and I started to think about the horrors of segregation, the sheer abject cruelty of judging a man for the color of his skin. And I'm not ashamed to admit, I began to weep. Later that day, War is Over by John Lennon came on the radio. And it occurred to me that John Lennon did as much for world peace and ending racism as Martin Luther King did. So I was inspired to write this poem called Colorblind by Morgan Friedman. People of different colors, people like me and you, hand in hand, united. Blood's just blood, it's true. John Lennon had a dream where the world would live as one. White, black, red, Chinese united under one sun. The talented Beatle used to say, a new world had begun. While he was hoping everyone was still having fun, the Beatle, to coin a phrase, was what you'd call colorblind. But get him talking handicaps, and he could be quite unkind. He married Yoko Ono, a proud daughter of Seoul. It took him till he met her before he became whole. The Beatles split, and Paul wrote a song about frogs. I wonder if Veggie Paul thought that Yoko made Joan eat dogs. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks a lot, Morgan. Um, yeah, true, true thing that, Ray, actually. Uh, John, Len John Lennon often did. Um, make some quite unkind comments about uh, people who were different whilst he was whilst he was um, campaigning for world peace and racial equality and things like that. He used to quite often used to write poems and uh, make drawings of spastics, as he put it. Um, anyway, enough about that. I think what we really need to do, um, if Yoko Ono's listening, uh, Yoko, uh, really, really, really sorry. Uh, we are fully aware that you are not indeed from Seoul in Korea. We know that you're Japanese. Um, I will be getting on to Morgan and his people about that. Let's go to true or false, Ray. Try and get a bit of sanity, eh? What do you think? Celebrity. Barry Keown, definitely the new kid in Hollywood at the moment, Jimmy. Uh, his new movie, Saltburn, you have to see this movie, Jimmy. His surname, uh, better known outside Ireland, is uh, Keoghan, Barry okay. Keoghan. Bit the bike, uh, Larry Gogan, Keoghan. Yeah. You may remember him, Jimmy, from the Banshees of Inisherin or Dunkirk. Barry Keown. I've never was seen... Was an amateur... Hold on, hold on. I've never seen Dunkirk, but who was he in the Banshees? In the Banshees, he was uh, that kid uh, of the uh, Garda. Uh, that was. Oh, was he the the one who was being abused by his father? Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely abused. Yeah. That's... All right. 
Okay. Sad, no. actually. Yeah, yeah it was. Go back to that. But so what about guy, Well, this guy is the new kid in Hollywood at the moment, Jimmy, and I'm really, really advising that the new movie that's on everybody's lips at the moment is called uh, Saltburn. Now, mm-hmm. the question is, Jimmy, uh, Barry Keown was an amateur boxer uh, before hitting the big screen. True or false? Right. So, uh, yeah, you've told me which one he is now. Uh, he is the one who, he looked a bit simple, didn't he? To an extent, in that, um, as they used to say. I know you can't say that these days. Um, he also has eyes. He's a classy actor. He can certainly take on a role, as you'll see Yeah. Uh, a little bit later when I talk about it. Yeah, uh, let, let's see. So, um, his eyes, I'm just thinking, I have no idea, to be honest, but his eyes look, and apologies, by the way, to uh, Yoko Ono, Ray and I know that uh, you are not Korean. Uh, so, apologies from Morgan, who said that you were Korean. We know you're Japanese, and we know that the, what the difference is. Um, apologies. Uh, his eyes look a bit Asiatic. Do they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do, indeed. Or, on that subject, or could it just be that he'd, you know, been in the ring and got a bit of boxer's eye and they were a bit, well, I shouldn't say that, but a bit closed. Um, There's a lot of ring, actually, in this right. movie. So, so I'm going to go for yeah. I'm going to say yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah, it's true, Jimmy. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> yeah, and he says, I still train today a lot. Uh, to feel good and to push my day forward. He appeared in three films with Colin Farrell, Killing of the Sacred Deer, highly recommend this one, Jimmy, 2017. Mm-hmm. The Batman 2000, uh, to 2022, also the same year as Banishees of Inishairn. That was 2022. He spent seven years in foster care, during which he lived in 13 different foster homes. Is, yeah, I know, but... He turned out to be absolutely fantastic. Great actor, Jimmy. This guy is going to be huge and up for some gongs. He Mm -hmm. bagged bagged his first movie role by answering an open casting call that he saw in a shop window when he was 16 years old. Uh, Has a son called Brando, called after Marlon Brando. Filmography, Jimmy, is Gladiator 2, Dunkirk, Billy the Kid, Dune Part 2, The Batman, Banshees of Inisherin, and the one that's on the tip of everyone's tongue at the present, Jimmy, which is Saltburn. Jimmy, a must-see flick, I shit you not. Seriously, Jimmy, not giving away too many spoilers. Everywhere, everybody is saying, the big, big, dirty fecker. He had his fun, and that's all that matters. Jay, you got to wait till you hear the Sophie Ellis Baxter tune, which kicks in, mm-hmm. Murder on the Dance Floor. Jimmy, I couldn't stop listening to this, especially uh, after watching it. 20 years later, just uh, back with a vengeance in the charts, the whole new younger fan base. It's like Stranger Things, the TV series. It did the same for Kate Bush running up that hill, but that was pivotal, Jimmy. Yeah, but that was a completely different song. I mean, that, that, Running Up That Hill was a superb song. Whereas yeah, but the Murder on the Dance Floor was crap. 
Yeah, but it's a classy dance tune, and I'm happy for her 20 years on for me, yeah. But actually, you know, fair play. I used to like her mother on Blue Peter. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Well, not not in that way, Ray. God. Yeah, I know. You, you wouldn't do that. But, Jimmy, in Saltburn, one certain scene, definitely, absolutely, because I'm telling you to watch this, cut me off my glass of milk, pal. Actually, Jimmy, two or three scenes, I close my eyes, seriously, with total shock. I may have to rewatch it, Jimmy, seriously. I'm asking, did our Barry get his langer, Tushy roll, third leg, John Thomas, out near the end? I can't remember. Down with that sort of thing, Jimster. Down with that sort of thing. I think, Jimmy, it's a type of nudie thing, Shakers. Jimmy, seriously, I have to plug, plug, plug. No pun intended. I have to plug this. Try to pack. uh, Try to plug away, Ray. I will plug away. (laughs) Yeah, put it it away. It's distracting me. (laughs) Try to picture, Jimmy, for a second. Now, look at me. Eyeball me. Try to picture Mrs. Doyle uh, Mm -hmm. saying this, okay? Mm -hmm. Just picture him there with his nose in the plug hole. Get a good mental picture, Father. (laughs) (laughs) No more spoilers, Jimmy. (laughs) But that part definitely needed plugging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please, just, Jimmy, watch it. All right. Just reminded me of the, the bit of Father Ted where I think it was the Passion yeah. of St. Tibulus where yeah. uh, Dougal yeah. completely misunderstood <laughs> the kind of film that he'd watched and he'd said something like, uh, was he the one who, was he the lad who was passing that banana to the other lad? <laughs> it, just, it reminded me of something seriously on a, final, on a final note god bless Barry Keown great actor he's going to be huge Jimmy there was one quality line in the movie mm-hmm. I was a lesbian for a while you know but it was all too wet for me in the end <laughs> men are so lovely and dry <laughs> Salt burn, Jimmy. Oh, all right. Well, she must have been doing it well anyway. If she was uh, complaining about that kind of thing, <laughs> you're going right. to be back to me in one or two weeks about this, pal. All right, I'll have a look at it. Did I, did I tell you I was in a film, Ray? Well, of course I did because I saw you yeah, straight you after did. I'd finished. But um, yeah, I was in a film on. Uh, Saturday, it's a, a Turkish film, three and a half hour epic um, called Zafirin Rengi, the, the Colours of Victory. And it's about how when the, the Allied forces, Britain, France, uh, Italy, Greece, withdrew from Turkey in 1923, that uh, the Brits decided that they were going to, whilst they were going to withdraw relatively honourably and easily, they were going to give the Turks a damned good thrashing, you know, six of the best trousers down type stuff on the football field. And they played against uh, Fenerbahce, the um, famous Istanbul football team. And basically we were, uh, there were 10 of us and we were, we were dubbing all the voices. Um, so it did various things. I was a British soldier talking about documentation. I was a football fan. Uh, sorry, a football player uh, groaning when I was tackled. Um, 
I also was a French soldier who had to uh, almost uh, sexually assault a woman, and that was challenging. That wow. was really, really challenging. Uh, I, yeah, my sexual assaulting of women vocabulary in French is somewhat lacking. I tell you, it's just a bit of uh, and things like that. But I just don't know those kind of words. And I was expecting it to be script. They never tell you in Turkey. Uh, what it is that you're going to be doing until you arrive. But I, uh, yeah, I was expecting there to be a script, but there wasn't. But it was one of the things that I had to do. Um, I had to be in the football crowd. I mean, it's glorified extra work, really, with a bit of uh, improv thrown in. But uh, in the football crowd, and uh, a couple of Greek lads had been told off for swearing before when they were playing Greek roles. And uh, apparently one of the most common Greek words for swearing words is malaka. And the produce, the director knew what that word went. Somebody had said fuck before. We weren't allowed to wow. say that. So what I did when the, the, um, the British goal went in to celebrate it, you know that gesture where you get your, uh, you extend your right arm, uh, palm pointing upwards, and you get your left arm or your left hand and you slap it down on your bicep and the minute that you slap it on your bicep you raise your forearm put your fist into put your hand into a fist and then raise the fist and, and shout do- and shout get it up yeah and, and um and did I, you do I, the hokey cocky? I, I did not do that. <laughs> I did not do that. But if anybody watches that, anybody watches that film, it's out on the 24th of September. Uh, September. I was thinking of Shubat in Turkish. 24th of February um, in cinemas. Um, when, when the British Army score, somebody's going to hear me shouting, Get it right up there! <laughs> 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 Which they, I, I'm glad about because they didn't recognize that as being a swear word. But it's, uh, of mm. course, it could be ever so slightly offensive. Anyway. Fair play to you, Jimmy. Let's move on. Let's move on. I've no more questions, have I? <coughs> no, Jimmy. <coughs> All right, good. We're having difficulty uh, getting hold of Hansi for a while, by the way. We think, actually, he's still in South Africa and it's awfully quiet around here. But in a but good Jimmy, way. Yeah, I know it's in a good way, but, but he, sent, he sent an email in this week. Yes, it's about time that he remembered his contractual <laughs> obligation to us uh, to send us these monthly horoscopes, even if we've not seen him since October. Uh, let's see what he's got for us. Hansi. Hansi, 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 How's it lovely ladies? A massive happy birthday shout out to all you fantastic January birthday girls. If you're a January baby, you're rocking the Capricorn Aquarius star sign. Let me tell you it's a lekker time to be born. This week, you will have a Sun Neptune sextile. I know that sounds a bit dodgy and like having sex with a reptile, but it's much less painful and dangerous than that. And it's a real thing that I read about in a cosmopolitan mag that I found in the dentist waiting room. Sun Neptune sex time is downright thrilling and can change your life and brings healing and improved oral skills. Pluto, and I mean the planet thingy and not that dog from the Mickey Mouse movies, finally leaves your enclosure zone and then Aquarius rocks up and enters your sign, giving you a powerful makeover. 
on the subject of makeovers, now is probably the best time to get all done up. If you're in Istanbul, you have chosen the right place for lip fillers, hair transplants, ass implants, lips and tucks, or just a bit of plain old-fashioned slap and tickle. I got the hookup. Call 0800-1111. Mention Honsi sent you and I'll sort you out. Ladies, self-care is crucial. Send me a snap or two and I'll drop some wisdom on how to stay young and invigorated. Maybe no need for the full overhaul. If you're in town, swing by for a face-to-face consultation and if you don't want to go under the hammer, we can do a fun doctor-patient roleplay exercise to look at ways of keeping you priming with positive energy and spunk. If the hotline's jammed, Catch me on Tinder, just swipe right on Honzi Curly. Catch you next month for more Astro Vibes and Mystic Predictions. Stay lekker and keep shining. <laughs> Pluto, not the dog from Disney in Mickey Mouse movies. You have chosen, Jimmy. You have chosen Istanbul. Hair, arse, implants, nip and tucks. Yeah. Jimmy, I see our Honzi requested the good ladies. Uh, to send some photos. Good skills, Hondi. Yeah, good skills. Really handy. Hansi, you devilish, <laughs> devilish dirtbag. Yeah, he's up to his old tricks, isn't he, I think? Isn't there. he just? Yep, yep. Uh, that thing, actually, I think he said, did he say Mercury sextile or Neptune se- sextile? I can't remember. I had no idea what that was, so I could oh, have got myself... Said could have got myself in trouble there but i actually googled it on the work computer <laughs> and if that if hansi had have actually made that word up i could have got myself in terrible trouble doing that on the work computer <laughs> but it turns out it is a real thing i've no idea what it is uh but there we go kiss and tell raymond kiss and tell okay love this let's go Are you taking a piss? Kiss and tell. That's right, we want you to spill the beach pal on your first date escapades, and we decide if it's in his kiss or just taking the piss. Ever had a date that left you wondering? Share it with us, we'll read it out on air, and let's dive into the drama. So send an email to talkingistanbolics at gmail.com, and let's kiss and tell because every great story starts with a kiss. Are you taking a piss? Dear Yorman and Ray, a couple of days after New Year's Eve, my boyfriend and I decided to go for a drive. We both had had to work at New Year, so when my boyfriend Mark suggested we have a private fireworks party, I thought it sounded sweet and romantic. We've only been together for a couple of months. Uh, Mark works for a well-known parcel delivery firm, and I had to phone up to complain about a missing delivery. So we struck up an instant and rather unexpected conversation and ended up swapping numbers. It was probably unprofessional of him, but I felt an instant connection. We met up a few times, but we haven't run to fourth base yet, uh, so to speak, although we have kissed and touched. He treats me like a lady and listens to me in a way that a lot of blokes don't. He sounds a nice guy, Ray, doesn't he, so far? Uh, It doesn't sound... Like uh, the uh, Dexter type serial killer that we had <laughs> the week before. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Anyway, uh, Harriet continues. Uh, we ended up in a remote car park by a disused train station. There didn't seem to be anyone around, so we thought it'd be safe. Suddenly, I saw something move as we sat in the car. 
My boyfriend said he thought it might have been a deer. So being something of an animal lover, I told him to switch the headlights on to see if we could see it. He flashed the headlights on and then said, we don't want to startle it. So he switched the light off and we decided to have a cigarette. I couldn't find my lighter, so Mark suggested that I should switch the interior light on in the car as I rummaged in my handbag. Well, we lit up, and remembering it was my sister's car, Mark opened the window halfway down and gently touched my arm and kissed me tenderly. Mark works for UPS parcel services in the office, and suddenly I saw some headlights flash on, and we saw a UPS van in the car park. Mark panicked and said, Shit, that's Sean from work. Then we noticed a car that we hadn't seen also flashes headlights, and then two more. At that point, I panicked and made Mark drive off immediately. A million things were going through my mind, but I honestly started to wonder if I'd been brought into the middle of a drug deal. When I relayed my fears to Mark, he laughed out loud and then went quiet. I asked if he wanted to go for a drink, uh, but he said he was tired. We texted a bit back and forth over the last couple of days, but he's gone a bit quiet. I don't really understand, so I phoned him yesterday and told him I loved him. Thought I'd come out with it. He was at the gym when I called, and he'd just got off the treadmill, so he was still panting, and he just said, Brilliant, I'll call you back. He then texted me back, Love you, babe, and ended the text with a pineapple and a unicorn emoji. It wasn't exactly the response I was expecting, but I'm guessing this is just his quirky sense of humor. Ray and Yorma, you're both men. What do you think? And that's from Harriet in Brighton. Hmm. Well, Ray. UPS, UPS. Oops, oops. I (laughs) did it again. Startled. uh, The light thing, Jimmy. Mm. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Dear, oh, dear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But he's a romantic guy, Jimmy. Like I did say yeah. earlier on. The name Mark. I'm sorry. It's a dodgy. It's a dodgy <laughs> name, Jimmy. Mark, come on. M-A-R-K. So, so that is your reason to condemn this relationship, oh, just because he's called uh, Mark. <laughs> not <laughs> precisely, exactly. No, come on. Let, let's, go, let's go through the facts, Ray, as we come know on. them. Right, okay. Break it down, Jimmy, for me. I'm listening. listening. Romantic firework display. Likey, likey? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's in his case, most definitely. Definitely. Okay. Um, Taking the time for it. He's a... uh, Seems to be a bit of a gentleman. You know, he's not... uh, He's not... They've been in a relationship for a couple of weeks and a bit of um, light to heavy petting. But... Yeah. You know, he's not he's not pushed the uh, the the sex agenda, has he? So he hasn't gone straight into jiggy jiggy. No, not at all, gentlemen. So I think Mm -hmm. he's still very much in the um, in his kiss area. Oh, so so let's see what else she says. Okay, um, she's an animal lover. He seems to care about the animals. He uh, flashes his headlight um, in the 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 car park that they assume is uh, disused at that point. And he, of course, he, you know, wind the window down. It's your sister's car, after all. Now, is that not considerate, Ray, for smokers? You know, that's your sister's car. You better wind the window down. Yeah. I don't know. There's something 
odd, strange. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I just wonder why he said wind it down halfway and not all the way. Hmm. Well, that's a bit. Is odd, he winding her up? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't sure when I read this. Uh, and then, of course, you know, she, she's got. They've got the light on inside, and then, but there are all these other cars around as well that they hadn't seen. You know, and suddenly they start flashing the headlights. Now, I, I re- when we got this email, um, I read it to my wife, and she agreed with Harriet that it probably sounded like a drug deal, but I'm not quite sure. I think there's something a bit fishy going on here. Yeah. I personally think I was legged. Mm. I would, uh, yeah, no, in my opinion. And each to their own, Jimmy. God bless them all. Yeah, but I don't know. Get as far away as you can. What do you think, Jimmy? I, th- I think we. I still wasn't sure. I couldn't make my mind up about this. And I started trying to put the pieces together, you know. And uh, he's panting on the treadmill when she uh, calls him because he's at the gym, or so he says. Um, she says that she loves him, and he just says something like, "Brilliant." I mean, I, I know some men find it difficult to express the feelings. Just got my alarm bells ringing a little bit, but I think it was that text. What was it that he put in the text again, right? At the end of it, the emojis. The The pineapple, yeah, I know. And the the unicorn as well. Yeah, Jimmy. Alarm bells are ringing there, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I actually Googled this. um, You know, pineapple and unicorn emoji. Mm. And in Turkey, we have a lot of media censorship. And I was instantly surprised. This is what what swung it for me, really. I was instantly blocked by Turkish Google when I asked this question. So I had to stick the VPN on to ask the question. And it turns out that pineapples and unicorns in text messages, if you've ever received one of these, are kind of like the 2020 version of the old pampas grass thing. The pampas, back to the pampas grass, seriously, man. Exactly, exactly. So we piece it together now. You know, he's panted on the treadmill. Um, all these cars with flashing headlights. Legged. Run for Run. the hills. Oh. Run for the hills. <laughs> Get yourself a nice, decent guy and really dodge the doggers. Sorry to have yeah. to say that to you, Harriet, but that is our considered opinion here at Talking Istanbul. What was his name again? Uh, Mark in Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> and he and certainly, uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Uh, post of the week, eh? Black Milkshake, best posts of the week. Post of the week, a massive shout out uh, for uh, Gillian McAteer from Bushmead Luton in England. Hello, Gillian. Hi, Gillian. There once was a red Indian who had only one testicle and whose given name was One Stone. He fucking hated that name with a passion, pal. And he asked everyone not to call him One Stone. After years and years of torment, One Stone finally cracked 
and said, If anyone calls me one stone again, I will kill them. The word got quickly around and nobody called him that anymore. Then one day, a young woman, Jimmy, not called Jimmy, her name was Bluebird. She forgot and said, Good morning, one stone. He jumped up, grabbed her, and took her deep into the forest, where he jiggy-jiggied her all day and all night. He jiggy-jiggied her all the next day until Bluebird died from exhaustion. The word certainly got around that one stone meant what he promised he would do. Years went by and no one dared call him by his given name until a woman named Yellowbird returned to the village after being away. Yellowbird, who was Bluebird's cousin Jimster, was overjoyed when she saw one stone. She hugged him and said, Good to see you, Stone. One stone grabbed her, took her deep into the forest, jiggy-jiggied her all day and all night, and kept the jiggy-jiggy going all the next day, and again all the next night, pal. But Yellowbird, Yellowbird wouldn't die. Why? Why? Ah, Jimmy, come on, take no a idea. guess. Think about it. No Everyone idea. knows Jimmy. Everyone knows Shakers. You can't kill two birds with one <laughs> stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Well, if you just said it, it was terrible. Jillian, it was brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> That's all, folks, from Talking Bullocks. We'll be back next week with more of the same. And our friend, Jonathan Heilig, our most listened to guest of last year, will be with us teaching us Turkish. And that'll be fun. Absolutely looking forward to having Jonathan back on the show. If you want to drop us a line for Kiss and Tell or Post of the Week, uh, either join Black Milkshake on Facebook or send us an email at TalkingIstanbullocks at gmail.com many many thanks for your support shakers seriously yeah talking Istanbul is your show as much as ours so do what you can send us those emails tell your friends give us reviews on Apple and Spotify but most of all if you enjoy the show please share this link on your social media as soon as you finish listening Yes, indeed. Special thanks to Morgan Friedman, Hansi Curley, Mark E.E. and Eamon McAndrew. See you next week, Shakers. Again, good skills. Talking Istanbulaks, comedy podcast was brought to you by Ray Mack and Yorma Kiriko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Talking Istanbulaks 2024.